Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about Will Hurd and what Ron DeSantis' polling numbers mean and a new survey from Pew that really gets at the heart of what Democrats and Republicans really want. Here's the show. But this morning, I want to start with something good, which is this morning, Will Hurd, just a few moments ago, was on CNN and he told Caitlin Collins, uh, no, I, I won't support Donald Trump if he's the nominee. Yeah, That's I mean, great. That, Isn't that great? Isn't that what we want? Yeah. So I got to say, I do think um, I want to give a little credit here to Chris Christie, uh, because I think what Chris Christie did was build some permission structures within the primary field to start going after Donald Trump. And I think that it is giving, uh, you know, a little uh, courage to some other people, right? Like now there's Asa, Will, and Christie who are all saying they not only they won't support Donald Trump, Christie, I actually really like his whole like, I'll sign the pledge, but I'm not going to honor it. Donald Trump wouldn't honor it. Which is this what, is what, what I've been. Do you said. remember I did a whole riff on this that this is exactly what they should do? They should say sure. I'll, they should literally say that they should say yeah. I will sign the pledge and then I won't iron honor it. And what are you going to do? Boom! Right. This is yeah, but, this but, is their but, move. Typically, by making the point that Donald Trump's not going to honor it, so why should they? Right. Um, that like you know that because there has been this two tier justice system, if you will. Mm. Uh, there's been this. Uh, this idea where like everyone knows Donald Trump's not going to honor that, but like these other people are bound to it. It's absurd. Uh, so and like the RNC is a joke and they should treat it thusly as such. Uh, yeah. But, but, but I got to say the the Will Hurd getting in thing is uh, so Will Hurd was on the short list. The reason I know him a little bit, the short list for people we thought should primary Donald Trump way back in uh, mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. yeah, like 2019. Yeah, exactly. Going into the 2020 election. Um, obviously, he didn't. Uh, and you know, that's probably for the best, as it turns out. I don't think so. No. Oh, really? Okay. I think that Larry, I think both. I think if Larry Hogan or Will Hurd uh, or someone like Adam, like I think if somebody back then had really um, stepped up, stepped up early, and um made a big play at a challenge i think that that would have done more to solidify their brand and their potential as a future in the party than waiting for the party to become just so intensely magnified and like in you know hogan's case not even bothering um yeah. and no, i could see that i can see in hurt's case right he's just a young guy who's thinking I want to, you know, everyone else is in. I might as well raise my name ID. I might as well go hard against Trump. And I might as well try to, you know, play for a future uh, where the Republican Party would elect somebody like me. And I, I think that's I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I think it's not likely to pay off. Certainly not this cycle. But I think it's a fine thing to do. I do think it's a market signal, though, uh, about the weakness of the field. Everyone's looking at Rick Scott thinks he might get in, right? Everybody's looking at DeSantis saying it's a market signal on DeSantis, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's right. So there was uh, I don't know if you paid attention to this on Twitter yesterday. I didn't really pay attention to it, but I I had people muling it to me. Uh, Larry Hogan said something negative about DeSantis's chances. Yeah, he said he's done. I saw it. Okay, so what did he say exactly? 
he said um, he said that he didn't think DeSantis was running a particularly good campaign and that he was based almost out of it. So I the the anti anti DeSantis stands lost their ever loving minds over this yesterday okay. on Twitter. Like I'm in, at a conference, so I only saw I saw like the oh, clip see the reactions. Tell me. Oh my gosh. Uh the most unhinged uh also like as if he's the bulwark candidate, a lot of bulwark tie-ins with with Hogan, which again I think is kind of funny since there are people at the bulwark who are not super into St. Larry. But but here's what bothered me. I am into, I am though. I know, I know. Here's what bothered me about this though, and which again I think is a market signal. I'm gonna write about this today. If Ron DeSantis is a great candidate who's going to win the nomination, then Ron DeSantis is a great candidate who's going to win the nomination. And Larry Hogan saying that Ron DeSantis is a weak candidate who doesn't look particularly good and looks like he's not going to win doesn't change anything. Right. Right. I mean, this is why get mad at this guy looking at the car? It's like saying that car doesn't look very fast to me. Well, what does it what does it matter what this guy says looking at the car? Either the car is fast or it isn't. And the fact that these people are freaking out like this and going crazy, like, you know, talking about Bill Crystal and blowjobs and bulwark and Larry. What did, where did blowjobs come in? Uh it was it was it was Larry Hogan trying to fillate Bill Crystal. I it I'm again, I'm telling you just insanity from yeah. the usual anti-anti brigades. And I just don't understand that because, again, if DeSantis is so great, as, as Mark Zuckerberg says in The Social Network when he's talking about the Winklevide twins, if you had invented Facebook, then you would have invented Facebook. Yeah. And if Ron DeSantis is a great candidate who's going to win, then he's a great candidate who's going to win. And it doesn't matter what Larry Hogan says. Why get upset? Right. So, you know, I was having this conversation yesterday with somebody and they were sort of trying to make the argument that the reason DeSantis still really had a chance is because what was going to happen is that DeSantis was going to be the only viable person running close to second and everybody else was going to drop out and endorse him and that was going to make him formidable because that's what the Democrats did, right? I was talking to a Democrat. So she's thinking about things like a Democrat. And I was like, the difference between Democrats and Republicans are thus. Number one, if Nikki Haley... And Jeb, you know, and uh, and and uh, Chris Christie and Will Hurd and all of the normies suddenly drop out and endorse Ron DeSantis. That hurts That's DeSantis. A net negative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is not like Buttigieg and, uh, you know, everybody else um, dropping out to endorse Biden. Okay. So that's one big difference. The second big difference is that there's a ton of structural incentives for all of these guys to attack DeSantis right now because we're far enough out that they think, well, somebody, DeSantis isn't strong enough to be the number two, but so they all want to be the number two, right? The only way to get mano a mano with Trump is to be the number two person. And that means going through DeSantis first. Uh, and so the whole field is after not Trump, they're after DeSantis. And it's just a, it's just a structural difference that makes it, I think, harder for DeSantis. And then third is the, like, they all smell DeSantis's weakness, right? If everybody thought DeSantis was strong, 
they might sort of sit back, but they they don't. They think he's weak. They think he doesn't have it. Uh, the deeper they get into the campaign, the more convinced they are he doesn't yeah. have it. It's not that's, like they're getting the persuaded the other way. And so I just see it as like fundamentally different and bad for him. He is not gaining. I have not. Have you seen a single signal, whether it's a poll or anything else, that he is gaining traction rather than losing traction? There's a single American greatness poll of Iowa voters in which he like looks to have moved a little bit in Iowa. That's it. Okay. Uh, and it's American greatness. So I don't, you know, believe it or not believe it. Can, can I add one more thing though? Because yeah. this is a, this is a misremembering of history on the part of people. Joe Biden led the national polling wire to wire. The moment in which Joe Biden looked weak was following the absolute clusterfuck in Iowa, where nobody actually has any idea what happened in Iowa. Like, Iowa's, you, you remember, like, nobody, you know, they were trying ranked choice voting, and the, uh, Iowa just blew up on the launch pad. Voting. It was a caucus, but they're, they were trying, uh, they were trying, like, a tabulation system, like a like an online tabulation system. That but they had introduced a ranked choice element to it, I think. I don't know, man. It was, it was a caucus. A, I was a caucus. It's, it is a caucus. Right. But they were like, well, whatever. I, the point is, there was like bad things happening in Iowa. Nobody knew what the results were in Iowa. And then you go to New Hampshire, which is next door to Bernie. And so is almost like a home a home state for Bernie. And then all of a sudden, it looked like Bernie had the momentum to surge ahead of Biden. Biden was not down 30 points to Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> it was at the point the case that Biden was losing by 30 points and then Klobuchar and uh, Pete got out and endorsed him and rocketed him up the they just sh- shored him up. And then, you know, he went to places where his real strengths could could bear. Like, what is what is that version for DeSantis? Right. The idea that you could just make up so much ground and everybody's like, yeah, national polls don't matter. They kind of matter. They kind of matter, right? National polls don't matter if it's pure name ID going on. It matters when the gap's that big because it just, like, that can be a polling miss. It could even be a big polling miss. But it's not missing a fundamental truth, which is that Donald yeah. Trump's way out ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. But but back to back to Will Hurd. Again, I was, I was meaner to Will Hurd yesterday than I really wanted to be. Uh, I'm sorry, but you have to tell me what your newsletter said. <laughs> I met I met a thing. I I just didn't read it, so tell me. The nub of it is uh Will Heard, who again I like a ton. I don't know him at all, never met the guy. Um but who, uh, who in on paper, I love, I, I, if he was, if he lived next door to me, we would be best buddies. We'd be barbecuing together every weekend with our families. I'm sure if he was the president of the United States, I would be perfectly happy and, uh, convinced that America was in good hands. If he won the Republican nomination, I'd be thrilled. Right. All that. I just need to caveat all of that. But for him, who is constantly talking about how he is Mr. New, he loves nuance and he loves complicated, as he told The Atlantic in an interview a couple of years ago, uh, he opens his his campaign ad by talking, but just spewing out a bunch of 
like wild exaggerations and and partisan nonsense about how inflation is out of control and crime and homelessness are rising in our cities and Joe Biden either can't or won't do anything about it. I just like went through the the numbers like you know in, inflation is now at the lowest point it's been in 2 years. It's not out of control. Uh we we actually just in the last 2 weeks got in big preliminary crime numbers on murder rates murder we have seemed to be seeing the largest decline in murder rates uh in maybe american history down like 12 percent in cities so far year to date it's preliminary data but we don't know but my point is will hurt is going to get two percent no matter what he does if he runs a totally honorable campaign he'll get two percent and if he ran the most manga campaign he'll get two percent for him to get 2% while pretending that Joe Biden is a socialist is actually a net harm to the body politic because yeah. he normalizes like the insane version of the criticisms of the Biden administration. And there, you know, as I said in the newsletter, like, and I spent like two paragraphs in the newsletter, like, here are 15 things that a Republican could criticize the Biden administration on, right? I mean, this is, it's, it's not like the guy's perfect. There's a lot to work with. Uh, but this is my disappointment with Hurd. A, a guy who could make an honest, good faith argument isn't. He's just making the same bar arguments against Biden that DeSantis and Trump are. And uh, if he had to do that to win the nomination, that would be one thing. But he's doing that in service of getting his 2%. And that's that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is This one's hard for me just because like, what's he gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna run for the republican nomination and not criticize the opponent of the other like the other party lots to do that talk about afghanistan talk about illegal immigration uh you could talk about spending right i mean they're, they're boring things you could talk know. about the the student people, loan people care about illegal immigration hmm? i said people care about illegal immigration yeah I, you talk about that stuff it's we but uh, he's doing this because, this is the other thing I want to talk about, um, this is what the people want to talk about as evidenced by this right. big... These are the issues that animate Republican voters. Hey again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.